0: Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you. I want to talk today about cultivating joy, cultivating joy. We uh, spoke on uh, a couple podcasts ago about a merry heart that does good like a medicine and got a lot of feedback. So I wanted to spend a little more time there because you see people who are in the will of God, which is the healthiest, happiest, most secure place that you could be. But then the devil tries to come and steal their joy. The devil tries to come and steal their steal their enjoyment. And it's one of the ways that I see people who people the devil can actually lure people into backsliding is because they feel like when they're in the will of God that they if he can steal their joy, they feel like there's no outlet for I don't have any fun in my life and it's like they're gloomy all the time. And so then they'll break away into worldly pleasures to just to get relief because everything seems gloomy and difficult, right? So let's talk about joy. This is going to help you today. I hope these podcasts help you. So I want to read to you. Um, first, I want to talk about the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is a spiritual thing. Happiness is a mental thing. They're both uh, they're both great. You don't have to pick one or the other. You should be happy and you should be joyful, but happiness, uh, is based on things that happen around you. Right? So you, you, there's times where like, if you're on a missionary journey and you get, uh, beat, beat, beaten for your faith that you might not be happy, but it shows in the word that, that the disciples were able to be full of joy. They, they counted it. They were grateful. There was something that bubbled up from the inside of them, uh, that they were thankful that they could suffer persecution, right? For the kingdom of God. So in a time where you would say, um, if I was to choose happiness, it would be a nice meal at a nice place, vacation. Joy is an interior thing. You can have both. But when, when the time comes that the circumstances press and there's a there's a difficulty, that's where on the outside, there may be nothing to be happy about, but there's a joy in the spirit, man, right? So joy is a fruit of the spirit. But you know what happens is for us, you know, we're, we're, we're kidding ourselves to think that we live in dire circumstances all the time. We're not living in the Middle East. We're not preaching the gospel in Syria. We live in America. You know, I know things are getting a little more um, hostile towards Christians now. But it's not like, it's not like we live this difficult, uh, persecuted life every single day. You know, even if you're uh, a a believer, a preacher, and you preach things that other, you know, believers may give you a tough time on the internet for. It's not like we're facing tribunals every day, and we're going for punishment for preaching the gospel. So, for most of us, the circumstances are fairly good. You know, sure, there's things in life that come at us, and there's difficulties and challenges, but, but... life is good, right? You're born, if you live here in the U.S. and even other parts of the world, you know, there maybe there's someone listening to me who's faces death every day, right? But the vast majority of us, life is good, but the devil still looks to steal um, steal people's joy. And so I want to read this scripture to you uh, in the same one I read, uh, Proverbs 15, but i gonna read it in a different translation. And it says in the uh, Amplified Classic, all the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart is a continual feast, regardless of circumstances. There's a scripture that I love that says, he that puts his trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. The devil uh, steals joy. And I want to focus on really two areas where he tries to do it. Anxiety about the future. We talked about being a victim mindset. But just looking to the future and not being anxious. I remember a time in my life where, you know, I was busy at work and things were going on. and I was making good money, but it was like, it was work. It was, it was door-to-door sales, and you know, you there's pressures, there's emotions, there's all these things. And coming away from that time and then realizing that I was like in my life bracing for the next attack. Like my whole life was like. All right, things are going good now, but I'm I'm like bracing, like I've got the shield up and I'm like muscles tensed, bracing for this next attack that's gonna come. And that can't be all of life. Sure, there are battles, but that can't be all of life. We can't live in that anxious mode, worried about what will come, because our trust is in the living God. You know, someone once asked me, how do I know? How do I just settle in my heart that this challenge that I'm gonna face in the next number of weeks? Is going to be okay. How do I settle in my heart? And I said, "Well, it's it's really just keeping your eyes on Jesus." I want to read another scripture to you that I saw. I was at the banquet for the River Bible Institute. Shout out to anybody who just graduated from the River Bible Institute or is graduating here soon. And it says here Hebrews twelve one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we how do we run with endurance the race that is set before us? We do that by looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith. So, so the key to your faith is by just keeping your eyes on Jesus. Peter, when he was when he was walking on water, was walking towards Jesus. He was looking at Jesus. When he took his eyes off him, he put his eyes on the waves, he began to sink. So how do you settle in your heart? Well, I know that when that day comes, that that challenge comes, I know Jesus is with me that day. I know that when I, when I need the strength, that the Lord will give me the strength. So I do what I can to put the word in my heart now. But I know that I'll have the strength when the day comes. So no matter what challenge faces me in the future, no matter what family situation, no matter what thing comes, that the Lord is with me. The Lord is on my side. He said, I'll never leave you. You know, of all the names of God, Jehovah Rapha, he's our healer, Jehovah Ra, he's our shepherd, Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. You know, you go down the list. There's one that all of them hinge on and it's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there because he may be a provider. He may be a healer. He may be a shepherd, but if he leaves, what? How does that help me? The fact that he's all those things and he's with us is the greatest part of it. That he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. That right now Jesus is with me and I can be confident that tomorrow he'll be with me. That I can settle my heart and just put my trust in him. That when the time comes, he'll give me the wisdom that I need. So many times have I faced circumstances and the Lord's given me the wisdom that I needed. You know, I used to worry. I used to, before I preached, I would have this thing in my head playing. Well, what happens if uh, I got called up to preach? Am I ready to do that? And or what happens if they hand me the microphone and say, prophesy? Well, am I ready to do that? And you try to like, you, there's these scenarios as a person who's like looking that one day I'll have an opportunity to preach. But I just settle my heart that first of all I'm gonna do what I can to study the word. But if there was a time where where someone handed me a microphone and said, prophesy, the word of the Lord's gonna come forth then I would just look to the Holy Ghost and say, okay, Holy Ghost, you're with me. You're the one, so sp- speak through my lips. You know, It's not like you write something down two months before and be like, hold on, let me get this out. I got this written on a piece of paper. I just trust that the Lord's going to have that. If there's a situation in my family, I trust that the Holy Ghost is going to help me because the Lord doesn't leave me. So it says we make our days afflicted by thoughts of impending doom, worrying about the future, worrying about money in the future. How do I know I'll be provided for in 2022? Well, because the Lord's on my side, because Jehovah Jireh is my God. And in 2022, he's still going to be my God. So he's still going to be my provider. And Lord, if I need to make any changes, you can help me. You know, the Lord's helped me in many circumstances. The Lord's had mercy where I've been stupid with money. The Lord's really helped me before. So I have confidence he's going to help me again. So people have this anxiety. Joyce Meyer actually um, wrote this as I was, uh, as I searched that scripture, I found an article by Joyce Meyer. And I like the way she, um, I like the way she writes, but she said, I'm just going to read the verse, first beginning of it. It says, All the days of the desponding, this is the scripture, and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. She says, Shortly after I began to st- seriously study the Bible, I felt an oppressive atmosphere around me. Everything seemed gloomy, as if something bad was going to happen. It wasn't anything I could explain, just a vague, dreaded sense of something evil or wrong about to happen. Oh God, I prayed, what's going on? What's this feeling? I had hardly uttered the question when God spoke to me evil forebodings. I had to meditate on that for several minutes. I had never heard the phrase before. God had spoken to me, and I stayed quiet before Him so I could hear the answers. I realized, first of all, that my anxieties weren't real. That is, that they were not based on true circumstances or situations. I was having problems, as most of us do, but they were not as critical as the devil was making it appear. My acceptance of his lies, even though they were vague, was opening the door for evil forebodings. I eventually realized that I had lived in the midst of similar gloomy feelings most of my life. I was expecting something bad to happen instead of aggressively expecting something good. That's good. You, you can't just sit and wait. Wait. You have to move after things. I'm expecting good this week. This is going to be a miracle week. Man, this is going to be a week of supernatural provision and supernatural surprises. Man, I'm expecting good. I don't have, you know, there's no faith for next week will come next week. This week is going to be, I'm a giver. There's going to be a harvest this week. There's going to be heaps this week. There's going to be, there's going to be miracles this week. There's going to be souls this week. There's going to be good from the hand of God. She said, I felt a dread and unexplained anxiety around me. I couldn't put my finger on anything specific, only that sense of something evil or terrible. The Living Bible says, when a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. That's how I felt. As if something, maybe everything was wrong or was about to go wrong. As I previously stated, I realized that for most of my life, I'd been miserable because of evil thoughts and anxious forebodings. As I continued to meditate on evil forebodings, God broke through and gave me a clear revelation. I was miserable because my thoughts were miserable. My thoughts were poisoning my outlook. My thought robbed my thoughts robbed me of the ability to enjoy my life. I should have been saying, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for Dave and my children and my friends and all your blessings. But instead of being positive, I found myself even dreading to answer the phone when it rang for fear that it might be bad news. And so you... I'm going to go down to the bottom. It says, like everyone else, negative things do happen to me from time to time, but I don't become negative because of them. I remain positive and that helps me enjoy life even in the midst of storms. So you make a decision because there can always be the what ifs of a head. What about my health when I'm 70? What about the finances? What about my future? What about my sp- spouse? And if you, this is the, the key. If you can answer this, you know, because even you can look back. And have a conversations with people, and I felt the same way before. Man, if I would have been mindful, if I would have thought the way I thought when I was twenty, man, I'd be further ahead than I am now. There's people, there's Bible school students that look, and I say, with the path that they're on and the way they're going after things with the Lord, they'll be way ahead of me when I'm thir- when they're thirty-four. But you know what? I can't go back and change it. And I this right now, I am what I am. So am I yielding and allowing the Lord to work in me today? You know, we got there's, you hear of people who are preaching at 13 years old doing crusades, you know, and you're like, what am I, what did I waste all this time for? Pastor Rodney was, when Pastor Rodney was my age, he was a nationally known, internationally known figure holding revival. So there's always someone, right? But, but I can look and say, Lord, am I, am I yielding today? Am I allowing you to work in me today? Am I moving ahead in you today? And so you choose to grab a hold to the word of God. And don't let the thoughts about the future, any area that you have thoughts of impending doom, thoughts of worry for the future, you take the word and begin to meditate in the word. Lord, I thank you that you're my God and you're with me. You're Jehovah Shammah, And in 2022, you'll be with me. 2024, you'll be with me. 2026, you choose to have a continual feast. The Lord wants you to rejoice in his goodness today. The Lord wants you to celebrate. The Lord wants you to, the Lord wants you to enjoy his goodness this year. Yes, move forward in the Lord, but the Lord wants you to take time to enjoy it. Hey, today, the Lord's on your side. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Hey, hallelujah. I'm going to split this up into two into two, and do um, Cultivating Joy Part 2 and talk about the other side of it, how how the devil tries to come and steal joy. So we'll end that here for today and we'll see see you on the next podcast. We love you. We'll see you soon.